Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tom Brady offers a message of letting adversity fuel greatness to the high school class of 2020. The NHL has plans for 24 teams to begin play. Maybe in two sites. They're looking at a bunch of cities. And California, New York, and Texas will be open for sports without fans in June. We've got all that. And it was cut-down day for Big Ben on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Um, before we get started and into all the uh, the Brady and the Bucks and NHL and all that stuff, I mentioned uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Have you, you know, throughout the offseason, he's just let it go, so to speak. Um, and and he started to look like Tom Hanks when he was uh, uh, you know playing uh, Forrest Gump and running you know with the beard and all. I mean it was it was, it was sort of out of or Tom Hanks in uh, in Castaway. You you pick pick a movie that Tom Hanks grew out a beard. Um, and then uh, apparently he had said that um, he wasn't going to shave um, or I don't know what else maybe bathe. I don't, I don't know uh, until he was able to throw to to receivers and actually you know throw to his guys and. Uh, um, and, and be completely rehabbed, um, and so he's he's cut it all down now. He looks great, and uh, he's back throwing to guys. And so I'll be interested to see. I think I think Pittsburgh is one of those teams. You know, last year I thought Mike Tomlin should have won Coach of the Year instead. It went to John Harbaugh, which makes sense. It was fourteen and two with Lamar Jackson. Um, but had the know, Steelers Pittsburgh, made the playoffs, maybe he did. Yes, but they just made, they were the seventh team. So had it been this year, they I mean, would have made the playoffs. Exactly, and they had—I mean—they had no quarterback, right? I mean, their guys were terrible, uh, terrible, and uh, and yet they they still went a long ways, missed the playoffs. But with Big Ben back, that team's interesting to me. Um, you know, I I don't know what Cincinnati will do with Joe Burrow. You'll let Joe Burrow the, the Tiger King and all that stuff. I, I think that that they'll be better, but it's still he's a rookie quarterback. And you know, you look at that division. Baltimore is you know obviously the kingpins, and and they're going to be great again. But, you know, with an expanded playoffs, I, I could see Pittsburgh bouncing back. And it just – it all sort of depends on, um, you know, how long Big Ben stays healthy and is able to play. But uh, but anyway, he looks good. Luke's got got shaved up and all cleaned up. Looks better. So. Well, salons Speaking are now court, open and, you know, everyone can go get <laughs> exactly. their haircuts. And... Right. A little shave and shampoo. That's, yeah. the way, that's the way they do it. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Tom Brady, uh, the Buccaneers, uh, great. That is yet to play a game. Um, he's sort of he, he's they got a big Instagram game, obviously, and a big marketing game too. But he was uh, this kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. He he offered a message um, for graduating high school seniors in Florida uh, for the class of twenty twenty. You know, a lot of these um, stars, celebrities, sports figures are doing, you know, sort of uh, commencement speeches, if you will, or mm-hmm. messages. Uh, and this one, this one actually was fairly long. I mean, I don't know in terms of minutes, it might have been about like five minutes or so. Um, but uh, you know, his whole thing was, uh, you know, with the adversity that that this class has gone through, and we've talked about this on the podcast. How um, you know, in addition to being separated from their friends, your senior year, 
Uh, you're talking about proms. If you if you participated in spring sports, that was all canceled. That would have driven me absolutely crazy. I, I could not have done it. And uh, and then of course they you know they couldn't walk with their class and enjoy graduation in, in the traditional sense. And so they had to sacrifice all these things because of the the separation with COVID nineteen and all of that. And so, you know, the, the theory is at least that, look, you know, what doesn't kill you, right, will make you stronger. And um, these these young people have persevered. They finished, first of all, first and foremost, they, they had to finish school, right? They had to do it in virtual classrooms and um, managed to get their diplomas and and also have to sacrifice all those things, right, for the greater good of society so that we uh, wouldn't have a worse uh, outcome with the pandemic. Um, and, and so you know, they're going to always be remembered this class of 2020, uh, for sort of their perseverance. And, and so that was Brady's message and it's based sort of, you know, he sort of talked about his, his life and mostly his career, but you know, it's, it's fair to remember. I mean, everybody remembers him being a six round pick and 199, but that was just part of the story. I mean, really, if you go back with Tom all the way to you know, his football journey in San Mateo, California, when he played for Sarah High School out there, um, as he pointed out, he was the backup quarterback on the freshman football team at Sarah High that did not win a game. <laughs> they, were so, they were so bad they didn't win a game, and he didn't play. So he's like, our team was terrible, but not only that, I was so terrible I didn't even get a chance to play. And fortunately, going into his second year, the quarterback from the previous year as a freshman retired. He wanted to play basketball. He was done playing football, so he got a chance to to go in there, and he fell in love with the sport, and you know was able to play his last two years of high school, and um, had an opportunity to sign with Michigan. And when he went there, um, and you know this, Steve, being a uh, you know being a big blue fan, he was their seventh one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh quarterback. Yeah, I don't know if I knew he was chart. seventh, but he didn't play his first yeah. two years. I mean, Brian Greasy was the starter, won a national championship in '97, right. Uh, there were several others on the team. And then, you know, he fought the last two years. He was the starter, but he was fighting Drew Henson off. That's it right. Was the the yeah. wonder kid from Brighton, Michigan, just down the road that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone had, you know, thought was going to Michigan and was supposed to be the hero and the savior of the Michigan football team for years going into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and Tom beat him out both years. I mean, Drew started a game or two here and there, and they split some time. But at the end of, mm-hmm. at the end of every season, it was Tom Brady that was starting and winning the bowl games and, and doing good things. Yeah, it was really frustrating for him because Lloyd Carr at times would like divide up the halves, right? Like mm-hmm. one guy would play a half and then he'd pull him and he was saying that, you know, in many ways Tom said I was I was a late bloomer, you know, started off seventh on the depth chart and it was, you know, kind of a daunting challenge, but all he could do is like, you know, focus on what he could control and he goes he says the first pass I ever threw in college was my second year and I ended up throwing a pass over the middle of the field and went for a touchdown. The problem was I threw it to the middle linebacker from the other team who returned it 45 yards for a touchdown, and it was the only points that that team scored that afternoon. So he goes, again, adversity feels greatness, right? And he learned from it, and he said, I you know, was worried that I may never play again. And um, But he did play, and, and even after having what many thought was a pretty good career at a, at a school like Michigan, which is not exactly off the radar, right, um, he gets passed up until the sixth round, 199th overall pick, and then when he goes to – New England, he he handled as the fourth quarterback, and Drew Bledsoe was a starter, and they had a couple of veterans in between him and Tom Brady. And Brady didn't play his first year, and then the second year, you know, Bledsoe had a horrific uh, hit that he took, and Brady comes in and and winds up um, 
uh, winning a Super Bowl. And that rest was history. And he said that, you know, had I not gone through all those things and I could draw my experiences from high school in Michigan um, because I, I, I decided to myself that if I ever got this chance, I was going to be ready and I was going to maximize my opportunity and, and control what I can control. And I was never going to let this job get away from me again. And it hasn't for, for going on now 21 years. And now he's, you know, he's with the Bucks. obviously he mentioned that. And, um, so, you know, the, the larger macro message was, um, you know, take, take what you've just been through, uh, and the adversity that you've been through and lean on it and, and, you know, continue to, uh, to try to overcome it and, you know, stay on, stay on message and, and do the things that, um, um, you know, that will help you reach your goals and avoid the things that don't really have anything to do with your goals. And then you'll, you'll, you'll come out. Okay. You'll make, you'll make $50 million in your final two years like Tom Brady. So, um, but no, it was, uh, you know, it was interesting. It was a good message and it was for Florida high school, uh, seniors in the class of 2020. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Tom Brady becoming a Florida man, if you will. Hopefully not that um, type of Florida man. Yeah, well, he always he's been that type of Florida man, walking into parks that were closed and houses that weren't his. But um, you know, hey, one day, one day soon, I hope. You know, and I think we talked about this that the um, uh, the facilities, I think, starting today, I want to mm-hmm. say, correct, are reopened around the NFL. Now, I don't, I don't know if the Bucks are quite ready to welcome everybody back. Now, this is not the football ops persons per se. It's um. You know, mostly your business uh, side and your PR, and and uh, there may be some football people too. But um, players can rehab there, and they all, you know that's its sort of thing. But basically, um, this is just for the for the organization to start getting back in their own buildings. And I think the rule is seventy five people or half your capacity, whatever whatever that number would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to temperature check. They got to do all these things to to get people back. So. The NFL's starting to wake up a little bit. The NHL, Steve, I think um, that I read where they're looking at like nine or ten sites, potential sites. They want to play at a couple of them for the 24 teams that will be involved in what will amount to a Stanley Cup playoff, right? So, yeah, the plan at this point is Gary Bettman said they're looking at eight to nine cities to host. Now, right. they're only going to take two of them if this plan goes through. Mm-hmm. 24 teams will come back, so the top 24 teams. There'll be some games initially – which are going to determine mostly the final playoff spots. Um, what they don't want to do is is there will only be 16 teams that make the Stanley Cup playoffs. But there are some teams that were very close, and if you start counting how many games you played in points percentage, you could argue which one gets the last playoff spot, et cetera. So they're going to bring back 24 teams, presumably put 12 in each city. Um, there's been talk that it's Vegas and Edmonton, but Gary Bettman said, that, look, there's eight or nine cities we're looking at. I believe Tampa. Tampa's interested in hosting. Now I don't know if they've made the cut to eight or nine at this point. Yeah. Um, but the, the 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 goal is to have some games that then determine specifically the final playoff spots, but could affect the top ones too, based on you know if you win. But it's basically getting everybody games before the playoffs start as well. But you're not bringing back the Detroit Red Wings who are already eliminated from the playoffs, or the L.A. Kings who are not going to make the playoffs, et cetera. It's just it's bringing back those that are close to the playoffs um, to play a few games. I don't know how many. I mean, there's about twelve to fourteen games left for each team, depending on you know which team it is. Um, so that the the goal would be in two cities, you're going to have you know it's obviously going to be without fans. You're going to have six teams there, so you're probably going to be playing 
what probably three games a day in each in each place right. um as you go along and obviously you know as the playoffs start you're down to 16 teams so some will go home at that point and um so it looks like they're i mean making progress I, I, you know we talked about this a little bit but the the players and the the league has you know made progress over the weekend on you know what it would look like getting back to play we saw baseball's 67 page document of everything that they were talking about as far as getting back to play but you know hockey's making progress they're not ready to announce anything yet um, they had a board of governors call on Monday afternoon. Sound like it was more just kind of updates on things and status reports. Gary Bettman didn't really say much since they're making progress. Why leak anything at this point? So, um, sounds like good news for the NHL. Well, you would. I mean, it, let me ask you this: Is there any advantage if, say, you're the Vegas Knights or you're the Tampa Bay Lightning if they chose Tampa to have one of those? To, to be the arena that's picked for one of those cities. I, well, I, it depends. One of those it, tournaments. I guess it depends on can you stay at home? Can you see your family? Or are you quarantined and, you know, right. in, the, in a hotel and, and have to be separate from everyone? I mean, I, I suppose it depends on all that. Um, you know, if, if you have the luxuries of being at home. But then again, they could send Vegas to Edmonton or a different city, even if Vegas was. It doesn't mean Vegas has to play in Vegas. There's no fans. Absolutely true. um, But I guess it depends on, you know, what's agreed upon as far as can family come with you? Can they stay with you? Or is is everyone quarantined? Or is it you're kind of quarantined, kind of not? You know, it it all depends on what agreements they've come to with the players and and, and the league as far as how it goes, you know familiarity with the, the locker room and that at the home team but you're you know look if you've got 12 teams sharing i mean there's no no venue's got 12 locker rooms so you're you're clearing out your stuff after every game and they're cleaning locker rooms and you know sanitizing and before the next team comes in so you're not leaving your stuff there so i don't know if there's a, a huge advantage unless you're able to stay at home right I think that however they do this they're going to have to have these guys sort of locked down i can't imagine you would be sleeping in your own beds and that sort of thing. I mean, there's got to be some kind of safety precautions made and taken um, along the way. And um, Well, I would know, think so they'd want the fairness. But, I mean, I would think you couldn't have Vegas staying at home in Vegas and everybody else in a hotel. Right. It seems right. like you're giving them a, you know, possibly an unfair advantage. Um, and if everyone's and with, kind of a neutral site, essentially, because there's no fans in that. so yeah with twelve teams, I mean right now you know I don't think the hotels are jammed any place, but with with twelve teams, you'd also need some pretty good capacity for you know for for uh, hotel rooms and things like that in or around the arena so well and, and not only that, but you need lots of sheets of ice near the arena, so one of the things that Edmonton has lots of practice as a practice ring practice attached time. to their yeah. facility, and there's lots of practice rings close there you um, go Vegas has a practice rink with the arena too, and that obviously hotels in Vegas Edmonton's got enough hotels. Tampa's mm. got enough hotels. Now you've got sheets of ice in Brandon at the TGH Iceplex, and you've got Wesley Chapel as well. So you do have mm-hmm. – they're a little further away than maybe some of the other cities, but you do have sheets of ice here for practices. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so all that goes into it. It's not just hotels in the rink itself because if you've got 12 teams there, you've got lots of practice time too as well as games going on all the time. So, um, you know, And what's going to be interesting is – you know, doing this, you know, assuming there's three games a, a day or, you know, at least two a day going on, depending on how they space out the games, you're going to have a lot of day hockey. Not every playoff game is going to be at 8 o'clock at night or 7 o'clock at night That's early crazy. early on. is You know, you may be getting, you know, Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. games. Mm. 
for you know playoff games um, as, as it started out hey, man. early. So. What, what what else we got to do but to watch three playoff games in a day, right? How cool would that be? No, absolutely. Yeah, on weekday. I mean, you get that on the weekends yeah. usually, but now you right. may get it. You may get it every day in the playoffs. You know, the early rounds when there's lots of games going on. Yeah, I mean, there's starting to seem to be you know not just a desire, obviously, to get this business back and get the business of sports back, but also um, you know some some real thinking and, and planning and and um, eventually probably acceptance of how. Uh, how this is going to happen, and at least at least early on, it seems like these leagues are coming back without fans, and that makes sense um, for now. Although, look, I we don't know what the fall is going to bring, whether there'll be an uptick in in this virus coming back or whatnot. Some people are predicting that. Um, some are saying the lull is is coming now or coming soon, but I I still believe that that the NFL and probably all sports leagues, if they could do it, but the NFL has the longest runway. We'll try to get fans in their stadium somehow, some way. And that, you know, um, there's talk about, uh, you know, vaccines becoming available sooner than later. But what if we never had a vaccine? What would be the new normal? What mm-hmm. would um, what would pro sports or concerts look like, right? What would you have to do in terms of temperature checks or um, testing and, 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 frankly, just pure liability? You know, like if you're someone who's immune deficient or an older person that wants to take the risk, well, you know that that's what you might decide to do, but um, it'll all depend on on sort of you know what happens with this pandemic. I mean, we're we're headed towards, or probably already damn near a hundred thousand uh, dead already in this country, um, and so you wonder what what that number will be, what the stress on some hospital systems in some cities might be, come August and uh, September, and then as we get in the fall, whether there'll be, um, like I said, a, a more of a flare up of this. So. They're a long way from really figuring all this out, and um, you know that's sort of scary. But I, I do think that, like society, um, there seems to be a lot more um, sort of almost an inevitability, unless something drastically changes, that we will have pro sports, probably not with fans initially. Um, but it seems to me like this summer we're going to have these sports come back, whether it's the NBA, the NHL. Major League Baseball certainly has – not even begun their season, so um, you know they're they're certainly wanting to do so. So I, I mean, I think like you know we we kind of take the temperature of this, no pun intended, every day. But I really think that the arrow is sort of pointing up that they're going to figure this out, and more states are receptive to it. Uh, we we thought for a time that California might be shut down. Now, don't ask me about college sports and college football. I'll tell you one thing that's become a real. Um, you know, sort of a victim of all this are, are a lot of the minor sports, non-revenue producing sports mm-hmm. throughout the country at, at, at smaller schools, too. And the larger schools will be affected as well, obviously. Because You're seeing football. stories every day. I mean, Bowling Green has oh, canceled their baseball yeah. program. Akron dropped three different sports. Cincinnati dropped men's soccer. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing more and more schools coming out and dropping two, three, four of the non-revenue producing sports. Devastating. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think it's just beginning in that regard. I do too, and in many cases, I don't know that they'll come back. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that they'll be able to afford it. And well, there's going to be a lot of minor league teams. I mean, from you know whether it's Major mm-hmm. League Baseball or the AHL, or you know, th- yeah. those are purely gate-driven leagues. Attendance, and, and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, losing the part of this season and and possibly not having fans in this fall, and and this could, you know, there could be a lot of those teams that go under as well. Right. No, it's. I mean, that's part of the reason the XFL went under is. You know, Vince McMahon looked at it and said, "Look, if there's no fans and the advertising dollars are going to change in this, and 
you know, I don't know how we sustain this. And, right. you know, that's part of the, I mean, it's part of the reason that, that, you know, you, when you look at the business side of it, knowing we're not the top league, um, we're going to get hammered in this. So, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, Rick, you brought up college football earlier. The Florida uh, the Association or the governors or whatever they call them in Tallahassee, that handles the schools uh, in Florida have said their plan is to have students back on campus this fall in the state of Florida at the public schools. So that would lead you to believe that Florida, Florida State, USF, UCF, et cetera, could play football this year. I mean, the NCAA has been pretty clear about if there's no students on campus, we're not playing football or any other sport for that matter. But if you're back on campus, then there's no reason that you couldn't play football. So looks like the state of Florida has good news that college football could be played this year. Yeah, I think it's optimistic. I, I, I'm still waiting to see exactly, you know, what universities, when, when they say back on campus, um, you know, are, are, are you going to do virtual classrooms, even though they're back in Gainesville, or can I do that from Tampa? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're talking about actually attending classes, um, and, you know, then obviously they, they'd have to have some sort of uh, – requirement uh, i don't know how they would check to see if you're healthy you couldn't come to school if you weren't and whether it's temperature checks or um you know the, if, if some of the professors or whatnot were um you know in a vulnerable age they would have to they would have to take some protection but sure. regardless i would agree with you if they're in school particularly if they're attending classes i think i think it would be difficult to you know to say that you weren't going to have college athletics and i i think that this will be on a case-by-case basis state-by-state all that mm-hmm. and like we've talked about him before if, if missouri's not going to play this year in the sec oh well and you might have some situations i know uh, coward mm-hmm. has talked about this on his show about how you know don't look for usc and alabama to play although now california is saying that they can have sporting events beginning well, in june they can have right. sporting have events have, but i don't know they if they're have gonna to have, have colleges campus. back yeah right I mean. you gotta have the college kids back on campus before you can then play the sport so I, I all of this is is going to be juggled as far as you know the NCAA doesn't really control uh, college football as much as, as as some people would expect it's really a conference to conference thing mm-hmm. um, so whatever whatever arrangements and schedules they make is what's going to determine that and schools are you know schools in Texas may come back in Florida may come back maybe not um, you know in California and so everything could be a little different but they'll try to fashion some sort of schedule out of whatever they have um, and, and I, you know, I, like I said, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's really, I think Notre Dame came out and said that they plan to have, um, students on campus, uh, beginning in the fall. In fact, they've proposed that they may start earlier, like in August at some point and then break, uh, in November before Thanksgiving, anticipating that maybe there will be a, uh, a recurrence or a spike in the fall, and so as not to interrupt the semester, they would begin a little bit early, which is is another way of looking at it, right? It might be something mm-hmm. that other uh, other schools, other other conferences, other universities might consider if we do see sort of a lag, especially during the, the warmer months, um, to to actually get students into campus a little sooner. So 
rather than later. Yep. So there's a lot there's a lot trying to you mm-hmm. know trying to figure out and trying to work out on this. Well, and the Marlins are going to have uh, players on their 40 man roster will have access to the spring training complex starting today. Yeah, uh, that was the Associated Press reported that that. There'll be individual workouts, and there'll be a staff member there, but obviously abiding by social distancing guidelines. And uh, I think uh, I I saw Mark Topkin say the Rays hope to have a plan in place by the end of the week. So they may have players back uh, either, you know, in Port Charlotte or at the Trop, I suppose, uh, possibly, you know, by this weekend or next week, um, doing some individual workouts. It wouldn't be team workouts. And the Rowdies have started working out in small groups. I think it's players of four working Mm -hmm. out together. Um, as they're you know trying to get set to go there in, in the USL for the Rowdies, so you know one of the challenges for all these sports leagues, particularly the Rays uh, as a team, the NHL. I think I saw where like eighteen percent or more of their players are not currently in the United States. Um, some of them have gone to other countries, gone to their home countries. Um, you know, certainly mm-hmm. the the Rays have you know players in Korea and yeah, Japan. Yeah, we know Jiman Choi and uh, Sutsugo yeah. are both overseas. Uh, right. I'm not so sure this, any of the Lightning players are, but yeah, the NHL. I think they're saying 17 percent of the players are overseas now. Something like that. Seven teams you're not bringing back if you go to the 24 team playoff. It's possible a lot of players are on those seven teams, knowing that they're not going to play again this year. That's true. So I, you know, I don't true. know if it's of all the teams you're bringing back is 17 percent overseas, but yeah. So mm-hmm. you've got to allow some time for that to happen. Um, you know, we know a lot of baseball players are from you know the the, the Latin countries or the Caribbean mm-hmm. and, and you know Dominican Republic and all that. So um, there may be some issues getting players back and in, in that as far as that goes. So yeah, and when there, they come back, would they, would they have to quarantine for you know fourteen days or something like that? I mean, it's crazy, and I think I'm not speaking out of turn. Um, I may be, but I, like my wife deals with um, a mall in Hawaii. Hawaii is shut down as far as visitors goes. I mean, mm-hmm. if you come into that state, and it's an island state, so you know they're very susceptible to um, to that sort of thing. But when you come in, I believe if you check into a hotel, they give you a one time key that basically locks your room, and if you walk out, it's not letting you back in. Uh, you have to stay there for a number of days, whether it's 10 or 14, whatever it is. Wow. Um, so, yeah. That's so one way really to collect a good, uh, you know, rack up that hotel bill. Yeah, no doubt. Force I mean, you to get room some, service and, you know, 10 days or 14 some, days of hotel. Right. I mean, you go to Hawaii for a vacation, you got to stay 14 days in the hotel room. And Oh, man, I'd be wearing out somebody. <laughs> I'd be hanging out the door saying, yo, hey, over here. Hey, can you sit in my room for just, I'll give you $100. <laughs> just sit in my room for a couple hours. Yeah. And when I knock... Please let me in, you know. It could be anybody, you know. Hey, there's, there's a new Doing business them. to start. You know, you've seen right? seat war- there's seat warmers, you know, at the hotel Hollywood, you know, at the award ceremony. I'm hotel stuff. sitting. Yeah, yeah, hotel sitting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the latest thing in a way. Yeah, you just and think about it. You could be at a Four Seasons one day. You mm-hmm. could be at like you know, uh, you know, some Grand Hyatt on uh, you know Waikiki. I mean, it'd be like. It'd be, it'd be lifetime of the lifestyles of the rich and famous, only you're getting paid just to sit there and let the person in <laughs> to skirt the rules. I like I'm, it. I like the idea. I'm entrepreneurial in, in spirit. That's that's kind of the way I'm working here. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here is uh, uh, this, this all-in challenge. You know, I like this idea of uh, these teams and players uh, creating, you know, ways to raise money for, for COVID-19 relief and all that. And, um, 
you know, I, I think it was last week, a, a, a YouTube star, YouTube star, uh, mm-hmm. Bid eight hundred thousand dollars, won the Tom Brady All-In Challenge. It was really kind of cool challenge that he presented. But a guy named Logan Thirty Acre, he was twenty five years old. He made a fortune, and my kids will watch this sort of thing, and it it slays yep. me that people can make money this way. Oh, they but make big he created, money. Oh, huge! He's a he's a multimillionaire at twenty five. He created a YouTube channels, several of them involving Mario Super video games, and basically what this is is he plays games and videotapes himself playing these games at an expert high, high level, right? And people watch him play mm-hmm. um, the way you would watch sports, you yep. know, mm-hmm. because they're video game enthusiasts and, and you know, he's going through all the levels and, and whatnot and doing things, and it's entertaining. And you would never think that, you know, somebody like that could make a ton of money, but he did enough to uh, bid $800,000 and get the all-in challenge for Brady, which, is I, if memory serves, it included uh, Flight to Tampa, for his first game, yep. I assume at Raymond James, which who knows what, what that will be, um, you know where they actually start the schedule. But uh, whatever it is, then they get uh, his uh, game worn jersey, mm-hmm. first game worn jersey cleats, and then yep. um, either dinner or and or a workout after the game with Brady. Yep. And for that, he bid eight hundred grand. Hey man, if so, you got it. Yeah, I mean, he does. Clearly he does. And he's a big Brady fan. They showed a picture of him. Uh, TMZ reported this, and they had a picture of him um, sort of in his man cave with all these Brady jerseys. Yep. He went to the Super Bowl that Brady came back and won down 28-3 to against Atlanta. So the Lightning is doing this now, mm-hmm. right? They got one with uh, with Julian Brisebois, and this one sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, they were challenged, and John Cooper put the video out on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. You can bid to sign a professional tryout contract with the Lightning. They'll fly you to Tampa. You'll uh, sign a professional tryout contract. You'll have a press conference with Julian Breezeball. Get your jersey, all your equipment. You'll be in the the uh, the pre meeting for the the practice that day, and then you'll be on the ice with Stamkos and Hedman and Kucherov during practice. Um, full tryout, one day contract tryout for them. So, um, bid that, last I you, checked was eleven thousand dollars. There's uh-huh. about three, or, I think, three days left to bid. Right. Now you'd have to be a hockey player or and or somebody who could skate to you'd, do this. Right? Be, I mean, yeah, I can't. You definitely have to be someone who's in beer leagues or you know knows how to skate. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I can't really skate very well. There's no way I'm. I, if I had the money, I'm bidding on that because I can't skate very well. No, I mean, you'd be like those the, the children. You yeah. know, have they had those the sort of like those carts that you push that you hang on to, yeah. <laughs> and, and you that that would be. I mean, it looks like a walker with wheels or right. something or with blades. That would be me because I, I, I couldn't – I mean, there was a time where I thought I could get around the ice. I can't. And so it wouldn't do you any good unless you could play a little hockey. But there's so many people that play hockey, mm-hmm. particularly in Canada and, and uh, well, in the United States now too, um, that you would think that there would be somebody – You got yeah, I have to have some money about you. I mean, it's at 11000 now. I imagine well, it's going to Yeah, go I think the bid started at 10 It was that. at 11 when I checked uh, before we started the podcast, so. It's not going to reach Brady range, but it's going to be it's going to be you know many thousands of dollars. Um, but that's a pretty cool. I mean, if you're a hockey person, that's a pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you're thing. signing a professional tryout agreement with an NHL yeah. team. Uh, Screw that! To, I get, want a contract. Yeah, you get to keep all the gear and all that stuff afterwards too. And yeah, um, they're putting you up, and you know, <laughs> hey, it's and it's pretty cool. And then they called out. Uh, so the the goal of the all in challenge is you know so you do your challenge and you announce what you're going to do, and then you challenge someone else to challenge so they called out dick vitale to do an all-in challenge so we'll see what he comes up with oh it's awesome baby i'll tell you what i'm going to take you to the duke carolina game if they ever have one by the way (laughs) 
Um, that would be cool to Mike sit next Krzyzewski? to Dick Vitale calling the yeah. Duke Carolina game. Sit right between him and Billis. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to. We're gonna go down. We're gonna have breakfast at the. What is it? The the egg. What does he call it? The green egg or something? I don't know. Something like that. Down oh, down there. Lakewood Ranch. Yeah, the broken yeah, egg. Lakewood Ranch. Or something the broken. Or... That's a broken egg every day. Dick's the greatest. He's got you know that gala was supposed to be in May. It's now mm-hmm. going to be in September, I believe. And um, you know one of the honored guests is Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. which I I don't know if this is uh, I haven't narrowed in on the date yet, but I, I it's probably on a Saturday, hopefully <laughs> on a week that the Bucks are home, mm-hmm. and because uh, Arians is one of the um, uh, one of the people they're honoring, and yep. uh, you know so that that got moved and. I know he wants to be part of that. He's a three-time cancer survivor. I mean, he, he had, um, you know, prostate cancer, and then he had cancer on, on, on his kidneys. He's had skin cancer. Uh, does a lot with children, obviously, his wife and him in, in CASA mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, representing kids of, of abuse and, and kids in orphanages and things like that. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely he, – he was he's looking forward to that. I talked to him about it uh, about a week ago, and um, – you know, was was uh, disappointed it didn't come off in May, but looking forward to it in September if he can make it. So that's kind of a cool thing. So we got listen. Uh, I, again, it's uh, it's incremental. We know this, and and we're kind of in this world. But um, you know, we'll, we'll talk and give you as much information as we can about what these various uh, sports leagues are, are trying to decide, and um, you know, working through the problems. And and like I said, it's day to day, but I'm. I'm fairly optimistic that uh, we're going to have sports. We had them over the weekend, of course, with the uh, you know sort of a, a golf challenge that they had with uh, Roy McIlroy and others, Dustin Johnson, and then of course the uh, the race, um, you know, the NASCAR race on Sunday, uh, which was really the kind of the first live you know event in in a sense without fans. Again, a little odd, but in NASCAR, you know, the the, the like you've said, the um, the soundtrack is the engine, so it wasn't that weird actually. So we're coming back, and uh, hopefully we'll come back as a society, and, and there's talk about finding a, a vaccine soon and maybe sooner than later. So things are looking up. But we've got uh, lots of great things for you on store uh, this week in terms of the podcast. Tom Jones, my former Who? radio partner. Yeah, that guy, Noster Thomas, will be uh, with us for the next, I think, two days. We got him. Yep. Uh, talked him into that. Signed him to a two-day contract. Yeah, a professional and, trial uh, contract in two days. That's right. We're gonna do this the all-in challenge for that. It's 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 the we we should do, <laughs> we should do a uh, yeah sports state Tampa Bay all-in challenge. Bid starts at fifty dollars, <laughs> um, but you know you have a chance to co-host the show with me and Steve, um, and anything else we can come up with. But uh, Tom Jones is going to be our first uh, our first bidder, and we'll see if we can keep him around for a couple days. And he's always a lot of fun now with the. Pointer Institute of Media Studies. And then we'll have, of course, as always, our popular mailbag segment to talk and answer your questions about anything, you know, college football, you know, Major League Baseball, the Bucks, still lots of talk. Uh, Gronkowski has a press conference this week. I believe it's Wednesday. Um, he's doing this new game show, and we'll tell you more about that tomorrow. But he's doing this new game show with Serena Williams. And I guess they had taped this uh, while he was retired. <laughs> Now he's uh, now he's a, uh, a full time NFL tight end, and uh, you know. But this this press conference is on Wednesday. He'll be talking about that. Gronk is as interesting a guy as there is in football, and you know people are pretty fired up about having Tom Brady, and rightfully so. But the combination of Brady and Gronk is gold, and 
he's a character and one hell of a football player if in fact he can you know keep some of his injuries at bay uh and looks to be in great shape but it's going to be fun having him around and i think on wednesday when he starts talking about this game show you'll you'll see more of that personality uh, that he's known for so he's going to be a live wire see sports again can't wait i miss baseball i miss it a lot um you know i played it a lot and it just seems weird you know i've been listening to his games with dave and andy and um, you know, some, some classic games. I saw Evan Longoria interviewed about, you know, his big home run in game 162 mm-hmm. and that whole, how that whole thing unfolded. That was cool. Well, watching uh, the, so, the 04, you know, playoffs on Fox Sports oh, Sun for the Lightning that was has just been great. awesome. Concluded yeah. Saturday night with the, the, uh, the game seven. And then the, the, we wrote the, something the about that. that in, so yeah. Yeah. And Tampa Bay.com, like they, they, they wanted some memories and I, I obviously didn't cover the Lightning, um, mm-hmm. But it was – I remembered 04. And, and the thing I remembered when I went back and I saw some of these – I watched I watched game six and seven again on the, on TV recently. But um, – and it was as I remembered was the price those guys paid to win that Stanley Cup. I mean, Rulon Fenetanko just got destroyed one day uh, and missed a game as a result of it. And he came back and had – I think uh, the two goals in Game Seven, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. yes, he um, did. But but the, the the physicality and no calls. I mean, no calls mm-hmm. anywhere, right? I mean, they tend to swallow their whistles anyway in the NHL playoffs, yep. which I think probably got the Lightning a little bit when they played Columbus a year ago. But man, you want to you want to go back, and this is '04. This isn't a hundred years ago. This is sixteen years ago, and the game just looked different, you know, in in some areas, and the same in others, but. Um, but one of the things that stood out was just what a what a grind, and that's what I remembered. That's what I wrote about was like, man, the blood, sweat, and tears that are spilled for that Stanley Cup are more than any other sport. I don't care if you're talking about football. It's the hardest baseball, trophy to win. You name it. It's, it's the hardest trophy to win. Oh, it's gotta be. And when those guys got done winning this this trophy, this is true of both teams, but particularly the Lightning. I mean, Marty had the blood running down his nose. And they, they all got around the cup and took a picture. They looked like guys that had come home from war. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to equate the two, but, I mean, it, it, it was just – it was so, like, physically wrecking and, um, and emotionally. And I remember the, the, the folks that I watched the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs with, um, they were spent. And, and, and to be honest with you, I was spent watching how emotional <laughs> they got. But it, it, was, it, was, it was just literally, like, minute to minute and sometimes second to second – and um, the other thing I remember was how good Hobby Bullen was. Mm-hmm. He was so good, um, you know, in, in, that, uh, in, in those finals. And, um, you know, it was a great team. I mean, it was a – Well, one thing that gets lost in the Champions. Stanley Cup playoffs, and, and last year was a perfect example of this. I mean, the Lightning got swept out, you know, historic season and, and lost to four. But right. the top four seeds all got beat in the first round last year. Every right. divisional they winner did. lost in the first round. None of it none was, of the divisional winners weird. advanced. That hockey, it's mm-hmm. NBA. I mean, the top seeds rarely lose, if ever. I mean, it, that's it's, right. You know, maybe a five beats a four in the first round, but beyond that, it's pretty much the top two or three are going on, no matter what. Yep. Um, you know, baseball, it's a little different, and, and with the the wild card in this, and and there's a lot less teams in the baseball playoffs than that. In football, mm-hmm. obviously, the top two seeds, and now starting this year, will just be the top seed in each conference get a bye so right. you know generally the top seeds are going on to the championship games and but in mm-hmm. hockey it you know it's get in and then you know figure it out from there and it's a crapshoot at that point i mean it's the favorite doesn't matter in hockey it's anybody can win those series and because it's, 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 it's a war of attrition 
Yeah, it is a war of attrition, and you're going to lose players along the way. And I, but I almost think that it's also who has momentum going into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like last year, Columbus seemed to have a lot of momentum. Uh, now you could argue that the Lightning did too. Well, but Columbus um, made a lot of trades at the deadline, and so that was a completely yeah. different team than what they had most of the year too. That's that's correct. I mean, they that's were the correct. only team in the East that went all in. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the East seemed to kind of go, "Well, the Lightning are so far ahead of everybody. We're not going to make big trades this year." You know, they mm-hmm. made some small trades here and there, but the, Columbus was the one who said, "We're all in." I mean, they had free Bobrovsky and Panarin were pending free agents, and instead of trading them, they said, "We're trading for more players," and they brought in Matt that's Duchesne right. and others. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and they were a much better team than an eight seed. Yes. Um, you know, by the time the playoffs hit, now you know the course of the season, they were the eight seed. But um, yeah, I mean, the hockey is just it's it's such a war of attrition. It's such a you know, and that's what's going to be interesting this year. You know, they're going to come back and they're going to play a few games beforehand, whatever it is with the twenty four teams. But almost every team is one hundred percent healthy at this point. That's right. Stamkos will be back. Uh, mm-hmm. Vancouver had a lot of injuries. They're pretty much going to be back. Columbus had a lot of injuries. They're going to be back. I mean, this break, for the first time maybe ever, that the hockey playoffs are going to have everyone's healthy. I mean, that, that doesn't happen. And, you know, hockey is, it, you know, it's a, such a physical sport and grinding sport that you've got injured. I mean, you know, last year in the playoffs, Hedman had the concussion before, the week before the playoffs, and, and he played the first two games and then missed games three and four, presumably because he wasn't 100% healed from that. You know, you're not you don't have that at this point. Now, those first few games maybe you get some injuries, but at this point, most teams are going to be 100% healthy. Yeah. And it, well, it's going to make it an interesting playoffs. It's going to be very competitive and the best teams that, with the best talent may win and then um you're going to have to come back and execute too and you wonder mm-hmm. how how sharp they will be after whatever warm up they have before they start the tournament. So, mm-hmm. but they're all going to be sort of on a level playing ice if you will and and, and coming back the same way and I'm playing in a couple of cities, and and um, you know uh, we'll we'll see who emerges. But it'll be exciting because the Lightning have a very good hockey team, and they had a very good year, uh, and they had some momentum. But uh, before everything was interrupted, and now the you know coaching will matter, all that stuff, leadership will matter, and uh, the Lightning expect to expect to you know try to get to these Stanley Cup Finals, as as which was their goal at the beginning of the year. And there's no reason to think they don't have a good chance of doing it. So we hope, we hope, we hope they'll be back. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Tom Jones, of course, uh, tomorrow and Thursday, your mailbag Friday. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.